0: Hey there, this is RCCG The Oasis, and you're listening to Oasis On The Go. The Oasis is a house of refreshment for a generation hungry and thirsty for the presence, power, and the love of God. Now, let's get into today's sermon. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the Word? Say, Jesus, we love you. We love you. Therefore, we love your Word. The entrance of your Word gives light and gives understanding to the simple. Let your word come with clarity, simplicity and with power in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We said we would you know, still continue our series on spiritual warfare. Subheading the good fight of faith. And in the last two Sundays we have investigated the subject of the whole armor of God. We looked at the subject of truth, which is the principal armor upon which everyone rests. Remember the belt of truth? The belt of truth, and Paul speaking, uses the analogy of the Roman soldiers. Okay? And, you know, use that to explain spiritual warfare. And we shared that the the belt of truth is that which, you know, holds every other armor. And we, we won't go to that because of time. And then we also looked at the breastplate of righteousness. All right. And we looked at righteousness from the standpoint of your identity in Christ Jesus and also your responsibility. See, identity and your responsibility. In other words, by Jesus' finished work on the cross and by our trust and faith in that which he's done, he has imputed upon us his righteousness. And we said that righteousness essentially means right standing with God. It is God approving you, you know, putting his seal and approval on you, okay? All right, and he clothed us with righteousness. But we also said that with that righteousness, which is our standing with God, also is a responsibility to express righteousness, to live right, amen. So that's righteousness from a standpoint of responsibility, you know, our walk, amen. Our condition and not just our position in Christ Jesus. And we declare that that is very vital in spiritual warfare. The Bible says that the righteous is what? Is bold as a lion. And in the battle of life and in spiritual warfare, knowing who you are is very important. Amen. And knowing who you are from the standpoint of, you know, that I am who I am in Christ. I'm not coming before the devil or this situation with my righteousness, with my, you know, you know, in quotes, dead works. You know, that's righteousness, which is a filthy rag, but I'm coming, you know, planted and rooted in who I am in Christ Jesus. And that's the only thing the devil respects. And we also said that when you come in the name of Jesus That that is an authorization, amen. That you are placing a demand on the righteousness that Christ gives, amen. That you are saying, "I come before the situation, not in my name, but in the name of Jesus and everything that He stands for," amen. We won't go there, and um, we're meant to go to the gospel of peace as our third armor, but I was at home when I began to have this download of, you know, thoughts, and I felt that we should, you know, share this and then maybe move on to the next armor. I began to write on my bed on the dynamics of temptation, which is really warfare. Remember I said the devil's mission statement is skd john ten to what to steal to kill and to destroy everything he is doing every every purpose of the devil every plan of the devil is to achieve those three aims to steal from you to kill and ultimately to destroy Amen. And one of the ways that he facilitates that, okay, I wrote here that temptation is the technology that he achieves that. Amen. So we will look at spiritual warfare from the standpoint of temptation. How the devil, you know, tempts God's people. Let's just begin by reading our text so we establish it. Ephesians 6, from 12 to 17, sorry, to 18. Let's just read together. It is the word of the living God. One to go, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, Gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith he shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation, God. praying always with all prayer and supplication in spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance. Amen. We established that Paul said we wrestle not and we said that some people stop there we wrestle not we wrestle not but Paul continues that we do not he just shows us what we do not wrestle against however we wrestle say we wrestle we've established that we do not wrestle from a standpoint of you know trying to get victory we are wrestling from a standpoint of victory in other words we are only enforcing that which Christ has already done through knowledge amen that's what we mean by wrestling is by through the ministry of the word knowing what Christ has done and insisting through prayer and seeing to that outcome which Christ has already gotten for us. Amen. And as we go on, verse 18 says, praying always with all prayer, we will look at all manner of prayer, intercession, you know, um, praying in the the spirit, we'll look at um, supplication, we'll look at prayers of entreaties, we'll look at all manner of prayer, and then in the context of prayer, we'll look at the subject of praise as well. Because you see, Prayer is not just, we always look at prayer from the standpoint of um, reeling out our needs. No, prayer is really communication with God. It's really an intermeddling of your spirit with the spirit of God, either through praise. You know, when you are praising God, you are praying. When you are worshiping, it's prayer because it's communication. Say communication. So the best way to, to, to define prayer is that it is communi- communing with God. That can be through worship, through a song, through your supplication, through just edifying yourself in the spirit. But it all comes under the cover of prayer. But today we want to look at the subject of temptation. And pastoring young people, I can tell you that this will come in very handy. You know, as I travel the world and speak to many young people, you just see that the devil is on rampage. And that knowing how it works, knowing how your enemy works, you know, will give you an advantage. So temptation is really a part of spiritual warfare. It's a, it's a part of spiritual warfare. You know, when we hear spiritual warfare, there's a tendency to limit it to, you know, spiritual attacks like we know it. You know, witches and wizards and oppressions of the devil in your dreams and enchantment and curses, but spiritual warfare is much more than that. Amen. You see, you must understand that the battlefield of life is really your mind, the battlefield of life is really. Your mind. When you find yourself committing a sin and falling short, you know of God's grace and you know not walking according to His precepts. What you don't know is that you're in a warfare. You thought you know um, you just made a mistake, but what happened was there was a battle in your mind that you lost. There was a battle. In your mind, it was not just a matter of having a weakness for something. There was warfare in your mind. There was a process or journey involved. That which you did, that which you find yourself doing and falling short of God's word, is 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 something that you know was conceived in your mind. You only exhibited the action. You know. It was a spectrum. Your your action just became the end of the spectrum. Amen. And today we want to investigate the dynamics of temptation and see how we can gain constant victory. I'll give you a scripture there. James 1, 14 to 15. One of our key scriptures today. James 1, 14 to 15. He says, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Verse 15. Then when lust had what? Conceived. Say conceived. Did you see the word that Paul used? You don't conceive without a seed. It bringeth forth sin. In other words, there was a process involved. Life is based on the seed principle. Everyone sitting here was once a seed, was once very tiny, almost negligible seed called the spermatozoa, right? And scientists will tell you there are billions of them, and you and I sitting here are a product of one of those billions making it through to fertilize the egg. That's why you are not here by mistake. The Bible co- talks about the seed. The seed of the righteous. The seed of the woman. You find a tree. A tree was once a seed. You find a forest. A forest was once what? A seed. Until the spirit be poured upon us from an eye and the wilderness become a fruitful field and the fruitful field be counted for a forest. Amen. Look at the biggest conglomerates and Organizations in the world, they they began with a seed, a thought, an idea. Nigeria was an idea. Everything you do begins with a seed, with a thought. So your thought is not just some passive random moment. Your your thinking time is a very deep, you know, moment of of spiritual encounter. As you will learn. Say it begins with a seed. Please go to that James 1.15. Help me quickly. Then when loss had conceived, it bringeth forth sin and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. You see the process? A seed, a thought, sin, and ultimately what? To death. So, that's the strategy. So you don't take your thoughts lightly. James one gives us the synopsis and the process, you know. And then Genesis three, as we'll see, the encounter with the 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 serpent and the woman. We'll read shortly from verse one. It gives us a pictorial presentation of how you know temptation works. It shows us how this script is played out and then the temptation of Jesus however shows us how to overcome the temptation amen James shows us the concept of temptation how sin works you know Genesis 3 shows us how the enemy gained the upper one hand sorry but Jesus then shows us how to overcome temptation let's read Genesis 3 are you being blessed already Genesis 3. Let's read one to go. Now the serpent was more subtle. Take note of that word subtle. You are dealing with a very sly, subtle, you know, adversary. Than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, please continue. Yea, had God said... And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit. Please continue. Ye shall not eat of it. Shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the And when the woman saw, see, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof. Take note of that. And did eat and gave also unto her husband. Amen. The word. Temptation in the dictionary is to entice or try to entice someone to do something that they find attractive but know to be wrong or unwise. It means to entice or try to entice someone to do something that they find attractive but know to be wrong or unwise. And in the concordance in the New Testament, that word is synonymous with the word induce. Say induce. Now, it suggests that the devil will not force you. The devil will not force you. However, he will try to induce you. He's a very cunning salesman. He knows how to sell his market. He knows how to paint the picture Based on the information he has about you. Amen. So, that the G always says you can call the devil anything but don't call him foolish. He's been here long. Amen. Now, let me list quickly some important things, some points about temptation and then we'll begin to run. Number one, God will not tempt you, say God will not tempt you, God does not tempt anyone James one thirteen God does not tempt God is not the tempter. We will show you who the tempter is james one thirteen let 's get witness, one to go, let no man say when he's tempted, what I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither what. So, that is there in clear terms. God does not tempt. God does not tempt anyone. However, he will allow, say he will allow you to go through temptation. He will allow you to go through temptation. Just like he allowed Jesus Christ to go through temptation of the devil. The Bible says in Luke 4 that the spirit drove Jesus into what? the wilderness where he was tempted of the devil. It wasn't God who tempted. God will allow you to be tempted because at the end of a temptation, there's a reward. It's like a spiritual exam. James 1.12. Let's read James 1.12. James 1.12. Are we following? So we are giving you scriptures for every point. Blessed is the man, what? The endured, what? Temptation. For when he is, what? Tried. He shall, what? Receive a crown of life which the Lord had promised. Amen. So the Bible tells you clearly that when you go through it successfully, there is a crown for you. So every time you, you survive a temptation, you go through it victoriously, there is a crown on you. There is a crown. So God does not tempt, however he will allow you to go through temptation you know, because there is a reward. And also, you know, it, it makes for your spiritual growth. You know, you know, you will grow through that experience. Another thing to, to add there is that the devil is the tempter. Say the devil. The devil is the tempter. Now, that guy who is trying to lure you to bed is not the tempter. It's just an instrument. It's a channel. But the person behind it is Satan the devil. Jesus said to him, he said, Satan get thee behind me. Many times we lose the battles because we are fighting the wrong people. Your mother-in-law is not the one tempting you. He's not the one fighting you. Your boss is not the one tempting you. There is a devil behind them. There is a spirit behind it. Amen. The tempter is the devil. Say the, say the tempter is the devil. Matthew 4, 3. Matthew 4, 3. Very quickly. Matthew 4, 3. Matthew 4, 3. And then put your finger on First Thessalonians 3, 5. Help me multimedia, okay? And when what? The tempter came to him. He said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones be made bread. You know who this tempter was? The devil. Amen. Now, let me state this, that when you read this this whole scenario where the devil comes, what you may be painting at the back of your mind is my book of Bible story where one devil comes with a horn, All right, and then there's bread and there's Jesus. No. These were conversations in his heart, in his mind. Say in his mind. Yes. I'll show you from scripture very quickly. But let's leave that for now. 1 Thessalonians 3, 5, let's establish that point again that the tempter is the devil. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith. Lest what? By some means, the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. The tempter, there is the devil. Say the devil is the tempter. (laughs) Satan, the devil is the tempter. Now, another thing to note about temptation is that God will always make an escape route for you. God will always make an escape route. So there is no such thing as, Pastor, there is no way I could have avoided it. Mm. You willingly indulge in it or you did not know there was an escape route. God will always make an escape route for you. So if you get caught or trapped in it, that's because you chose to indulge or were ignorant of what God made available to you in his word. 1 Corinthians 10, 10 verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. Let's read. They had no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not what? Suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But will with the temptation also make what? A way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So God would always make a way. Another thing about temptation is that God will not permit a temptation that you cannot bear say God will not permit you to be tempted beyond your capacity. No, 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 no. God is a is a is a God that keeps his word. And he says that clearly from 1 Corinthians 10:13. Let's read this in the New Living Translation. Are we there? Want to go? The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand when you are tempted. He will show you a way out so that you can endure. So we see those two points. God will not permit you to go through something that is different from what anyone in this world has gone through. That is comforting already that you're not the first person. See, I'm not the first person. Exactly. And then he will make a way of escape for you. It's important to note that as, as we move on. Another thing to note is that the devil will come in seasons to tempt. Say he comes in seasons. He comes in seasons. He comes in seasons. The Bible says that he left Jesus for a season. That season means cycles. Say cycles. Another thing it means, it means for an opportune time. Remember when we spoke about Kairos. The devil is very strategic. He calculates. He's a calculator. So he he understands the seasons of your life. So he comes... In seasons. He's very strategic. You know. And that means an opportune time. He comes in his kairos. What we learn to be demonic kairos. Okay. He comes in seasons. For example. He will come in seasons of your weakness. Your weaknesses. Amen. Amen he will come knowing when you are weak the bible says that after jesus you know prayed he was what weak after he fasted he was what weak look 4 verse 2 look 4 verse 2 being 40 days tempted of the devil in those days he did eat nothing and when he were ended he afterward hungered so he was physically Exhausted. It was a time of weakness, and that's when the devil came. The devil is very strategic. He will come in seasons, in seasons when you are weak. He he would also come in seasons when you are about to experience strategic spiritual breakthroughs. That's very important. Strategic spiritual breakthroughs. The devil knows you know through us anyway when something is about to happen in your life when you're about to enter a new spiritual height and he will come to abort the process haven't you read you know in the bible of the Sower, the bible says after the seed was sown that the bed of the egg came to steal that word lest that word finds what roots and grow The devil knows when you are about to walk into, you know, a a spiritual experience that would, you know, lead to your growth. And he will come to abort the process. He will come, you know, to tempt you. He will come to sometimes anger you, get you to strive, get you to fight, get you to quarrel, get you to sometimes sin. And brings guilt so that you abort that process. After the London event, a lady sent me a message from the UK. How sad she was. She said she's been battling depression for years. She's attempted suicide three times. And the day of the conference, she took her bag and she was going to come to Manchester, where she would experience deliverance. And while she was on her way there, she got on the train, got off the train, and thoughts started bombarding her to say, go back, go back, and she turned back and went home. And in that meeting, one of those days, Apostle prayed for people with depression and asked them to come out. So he had seen that there was deliverance somewhere and aborted it. So he came through thoughts. Amen. Are you being blessed? I know sometimes when I'm preparing for a massive event or something, the devil just stirs up strife and something, you know. And sometimes maybe we barely manage to pass the test by the grace of God. Or, you know, maybe you failed a bit. But when, it's when you fail, you know it was a battle. Ask pastors, they'll tell you. Ask leaders, they'll tell you. Sometimes, you know, God wants to, you know, I was speaking with Bishop and he also said to me this, that when, sorry, uh, Bishop Francis Wally, okay. I had a chat with him. He says sometimes when a, a prophetic word is about to come, the devil just tears up one's strife. Somewhere to abort the process. So, from today, when when you see yourself, you know, in a place and you are about to lose it, understand that you are about to get a breakthrough. Not just spiritual breakthroughs. You know, he only just he he doesn't only come when you are about to experience spiritual breakthroughs, but also destiny breakthroughs. Amen. When you're about to encounter, you know, you want to walk into new levels of your life. I've I've heard people say to me, you know, that every time I want to have an interview for a new job or something, a day before that, the urge to masturbate comes on me. And then the devil gets them to indulge in this act and then unleashes some sort of disfavor on them to abort that appointment with destiny. The devil is a liar. I say, the devil is a liar. So he knows when to come. He knows when to come. He knows. He's strategic. You're about to meet someone who would be your destiny partner for life you know, and then you are somewhere and the devil comes and stirs up some anger in you and you flare up and you say some stuff and the person who God prepared for you is just around the corner and says, no, 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 I can't go here. I've seen that before. I was friends with someone years ago and my friends were considering, okay, this person is not bad, you know, what do you think? So, I mean, I was just watching the person and then went somewhere And for some reason, I'd been praying, Lord, you know, guide me to who would be my wife and all of that stuff. And then I just looked at the person. She was relating with someone. And she did something that was so condescending to the girl. And instantly I said, God forbid. I can't marry this person. You have no idea the things you've aborted the things we've lost because we fail. But today God will restore. God will give us insight. Let's continue. Are you learning something? Another thing to also learn is that the devil exploits your desires, your fleshly desires. He exploits your weaknesses, your weakness of character, so, well, me, I'm just like that. I when, when I'm angry, I just give it to everybody. Ah. Ah. You are sure changing yourself. No, 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 no. That's the way me and now that's, that's that's in our family, that's our weakness. Hey, that's why in your family, you people are not married. That's why there's no breakthrough. Because you are like that. But someone's story is changing. The devil exploits what our desires. See our desires. James 1.14. James 1.14. Is someone learning? James 1.14. and Judges sixteen four to five. James 1.14. One to go. But every man is what tempted when he is drawn away of who's lost. That word in the concordance lost there is, is desires the 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 fleshly desires the things that we want the things that we are preoccupied with the things that our self you know desires our flesh desires everyone is drawn away of his own so that's why i said to you the devil has no power to force a believer however he would entice and induce a believer he will partner with our fleshly desires. That's why Paul says to die daily. He says he dies daily. You know, we crucify the flesh daily. I think it was someone who said this. I think Apostle Rockman I like this. He says, what was crucified on the cross was sin. But your flesh has to be crucified daily. Jesus crucified the body of sin on the cross but we, you and I, have to crucify our flesh. What daily is dying, and what is dying is willingly surrendering ourselves. Romans twelve, presenting our bodies, is allowing the word of God take precedence. Is submitting ourselves to the counsel of God. God says, apologize, apologize. God says, sorry, say sorry. God says, don't be angry, don't be angry. When you do, regardless of your right. That's what it means to die. Is submitting yourself to the counsel of the word of God. Is surrendering ourselves to the counsel of the word of God. Let's read Judges 16, 4 to 5. Judges 16, 4 to 5. It will get interesting shortly. And, and it came to pass afterward that what? He loved a woman in the valley and Samson loved strange women. He just had he 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 that that was his desire. He had a weakness for that. He just loved strange women, just like some church girls like bad boys. Yeah. Am I communicating? Yeah. And the devil, the devil is so smart, he will use your desires. He will package that son of Bilial and present to you. The one with this you know cis that which you desire. You know, I'm not saying all that this part means that they are evil. <laughs> Amen. You see, but if you have carnal desires and 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 wants that are not sanctified, that becomes a material for the devil to use against you. And many times you see, remember we shared the principle of the word clean slate. When you go to God, go to God, don't go to God saying, this is what I want. Endorse this one. Go to God saying, what would you have me do? Give me grace to receive your will. Amen. So, Samson loved what? Strange women. Verse 5, verse 5. And the Lord of the Philistines came up, you see, unto her. And said to her, they used what? That his loss, that his desire. They came through, that was the access point. What is your access point? What is the access point that the enemy gains, you know, entrance to your life? And said unto her, what? Entice Entice him. Remember that word, enticement? And see wherein his great strength lied. And by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and we will give thee, every one of us, 1,100 pieces of silver. So, the devil gains an entry point through our lust, and his ultimate aim is to destroy, is to bind. May the Lord deliver us in Jesus' name. Another, I was going to mention another example, apart from that lady who who boarded a train. There is a Nigerian footballer, who plays in the premier league he came to see us in manchester he's he's a believer he loves god and he came to share his testimony with me and he came and in fact he has scored i think four goals in two games i won't mention his name those of you sport people know him so he came and he said to me pastor for a long time you know during the season i've never scored a goal And then the Lord put it in his heart to wake up and have a vigil, to pray. He's a footballer, to pray through the night. He said, I decided to have a vigil. He said, but every time I wanted to pray, a voice would tell me, stop praying. Remember what I said about, you know, destiny encounters you're about to break through? And what did he do? He said, every time I heard that voice, I will play your CD. And every time I play your CD, the urge to pray will come. He said, I played your song and prayed through the night. The next day was the football game. I was just standing somewhere and the ball came to meet me and I scored. <laughs> and in the past, and then he came again on, on, on um, we took him, Apostle and I laid hands on him. A few people would pray, we said, you score another goal. He, yesterday was praying, he was standing somewhere, two goals came, he scored again. In two weeks, someone who hadn't scored in weeks... Someone say the grace of God. Yes. Say the favor of God. Yes. But had he subscribed to that, don't pray. Who knows? So he comes at strategic times. So when an urge comes to you to commit a sin, there's breakthrough around the corner, there's something the devil wants to steal. He perhaps wants to steal an opportunity. He wants to steal a grace. He wants to steal a virtue. He wants to shut a door against you. Second Corinthians 10, 4 to 5. Second Corinthians 10, 4 to 5. Are you being blessed? Second Corinthians 10, 4 to 5. Please help me. Let's read together. I want to go. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. To do what? Casting down what? And every high thing and bringing into captivity what? Every what? Every What? to the obedience of Christ. You thought you were having a thought. It was warfare you were having. It was not just a thought. Now let's go. Let's go to the dynamics now. The devil will always begin by number 1 is suggestion. Say suggestion. Now let me write this process down. It goes from suggestion Say it goes from suggestion And then, if you don't stop it there, it graduates to conversation or discussion. Say from suggestion to conversation or discussion. So, number one is what? He will suggest thoughts to you. Speaking to some my people, you know he thought to just come, leave your husband. that's a suggestion. Your husband doesn't care about you. Opt for a divorce It's a suggestion. Somebody's about to be blessed right now and delivered. It goes from suggestion to what conversation or discussion, then from conversation to distraction. Say to distraction. So number one is what? Suggestion. If you don't deal with it there and decide to get into a conversation, it will, it will what? Gravitate to what? Distraction. And from distraction to participation. Say participation. And after participation is destruction. So let's go again. Number one is what? Suggestion. To what? Conversation. From conversation to what? Distraction. From distraction to what? Participation. From participation to what? Now, this suggestion level is the thought level is the seed level is that time when that idea comes to your mind is that initial time when you know it feels like a thought but that is the devil suggesting to you and the bible says you do what in second corinthians 10:5 to do what cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of Christ, once it does not align with the thoughts of God, once it's not good, noble, you know, praiseworthy, the Bible says you do what? Cast down. You should bring the thoughts into captivity. It is that seed level. That is the level where the thoughts and ideas occur to you. It is that "Mm," moment. Mm-hmm. this, my boss is not bad, child. it's a thought. That, you know, is a thought. That's why the Bible says, Ephesians 6, you know, um, 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 six sixteen says, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith what you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. That that is is also a thought. It's an arrow thrown to your mind. The fiery don't always, you know, have to be spells, enchantments, curses, and all of this stuff. They can be thoughts. That's that moment of awareness of of something. The moment when your office all of a sudden, you know, you've been walking righteously and you know obeying God, and all of a sudden the devil tells you it wouldn't be bad making some extra millions. Is that is that moment when I say to you, but everybody's doing It's that moment when a married woman or man, you know, quarrelling with, you know, their spouse at home, then you suddenly realize that your co-worker, He's not bad looking, or your ex comes to your mind is a thought, and then he says to you, just, just find someone to lean on, just show that to lean <laughs> on. Lean on me when you're not strong. You are experiencing warfare, you don't know. Is somebody learning? And if you don't deal with it at the suggestion level, it will progress toward conversation. The devil did not say, discuss with the devil. He said, resist the devil. And he will flee. That's where we fail. You don't discuss with the devil. You don't converse with the devil. You resist the devil. John 4.14, and he will flee. You are dealing with a tact master. The more you converse with him, the more he sucks you in. Nothing else resists him than it is written. See, I've counseled a few people and almost every time when they get to that point it's because they were rationalizing it. Okay, let me just hear him out. It's not that you know. know, Okay, let me just hear what you want to say. Let me just. That is when to arrest the thought. That is the suggestion level. If you don't deal with it, there you will begin to converse. It will transit to discussion, you know, conversation in your mind. And like I said, it's not just a thought. That conversation is a spiritual, you know, dialogue. The serpent. There's a, there's, there's a conversation with the, the serpent. Go to Genesis 3. If you don't get anything here, remember, God did not ask us to do what? Discuss with the devil. He said, resist the devil. Let's look at verse 3, verse 3. Sorry, chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3. Are you learning something? Genesis chapter 3, very quickly. From verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, and he suggested to the woman. That was the thought. He suggested to the woman, Yea, had God said you should not eat of every tree of the garden. God had said it plain. God has said it, be not unequally yoked. When you hear people say, does the Bible really say? That's a serpent talking. flee every appearance of evil. But does it mean that you cannot hug and just peck and kiss from time to time? Does it really? God is not in the shades of gray. God is light. There's no middle stance. God is white or black. Does it mean that, I mean, we can just touch it. We don't have to go far. That's a serpent. There's a suggestion there. So rather than her saying, well, thus yet the Lord it is written. What did she do? And the woman said unto the serpent, conversing, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst, She didn't say God said. She began to rationalize. The devil only understands, does hear the Lord. It is written. The word of God says... God has said, ye shall not eat of the neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Continue, continue. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Continue. For God doth know that in the day ye eat of it, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God, knowing good and evil. Continue. And when the woman, you see, when you stay with the devil a, a, a not, and rationalize with the devil you will see from his perspective and when the woman do, did what? Saw that it was good. God. When God said don't eat it means it was bad. It means it was bad to eat this fruit but when she conversed with the devil and was rationalizing the Bible says she saw that it was good. If you don't resist the devil you will eat with the devil. Is somebody learning now let's look at the the second Adam let's go to Jesus. what did Jesus do? Matthew let's go to Luke let's go to Luke let's look at the Luke accounts. Verse 3 And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones that it be made bread. Remember, prior to this in Luke 3, Jesus I mean, God had already declared him, What? Behold, what? My beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. It was already established. You see, you must get to a place where the Word of God is final in your heart. If the Word of God is not Final in your heart, then the devil will distort it. So it's not it wasn't open to debate, it wasn't a you know an issue of dialogue. What did Jesus say to the devil? Verse 4, John 4. And Jesus answered him, saying, What it is written, written. say it it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Don't answer the devil with your intellect. Answer the devil with the word of God. That thought playing out in your heart is not just a thought. They they are darts of the devil to weaken you, to get you to a place where you are rationalizing it. And the moment you begin to rationalize the word of God, you're already losing. Tell somebody, don't rationalize the word of God. Receive the word of God as your final authority. The word of God must be your final authority. Say the word of God. Must be your final authority. Anything that questions the word of God in your life is about to steal from you. Is about to kill you. Is about to tempt you. Are you being blessed? And you see, Second Corinthians shows us something. Let's go to Second Corinthians, verse ten, and look at verse five. Let's go to verse five. Sorry, verse four. There's something there called strongholds. See strongholds. You see, if you converse with the devil and try to, what's the word? What's this thing they do when you are trying to? Negotiate with the devil. The more you converse and negotiate with the devil and go through that process of participation, and if you go through that cycle a lot, what would be erected in your mind is called a stronghold. Say stronghold. When you have a stronghold, you enter into a realm of addiction. And at that point, you will need a strong ministry of the word and sometimes deliverance through the word of God and prayer to break free. People build strongholds in their life when they go through cycles of temptation and they keep failing and they keep failing. After a while, it becomes a stronghold. How many people have broken free of a stronghold before? For example, sexual sins, masturbation. You know how stubborn that demon is. Paul says, the thing I don't want to do, I do what? I find myself doing. That which I don't want to do, sorry, the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. That which I want to do, I cannot do. That's a stronghold. Say a stronghold. Let's move very quickly. So, if you don't arrest that suggestion at the thought level and begin to converse and by the way a conversation is an engagement with that thoughts every time the devil suggested to Jesus, Jesus responded and resisted, say responded and resisted with the word, the way we resist the devil is through the word, say through the word so my question is if you don't even have a word in your system what are you going to resist with? The only valid and right response to Satan's advance is the word. Say the word. Either speaking the word or acting based on the word. Write that down. The way to resist the devil is by speaking the word or acting based on the word. What is speaking the word? You speak what the word says about the situation. Does yet the Lord this, this, this and that. Or number two acting based on the word. Let me give you an example. The word will tell you, flee every appearance of evil. Amen. So, brother and sister, you are dating, you are in courtship, you are staying late, you are in a car, and the devil begins to suggest stuff to you. Now, at that moment, The application of the word is to act on the word. Do you understand what I mean? You are staying in a place, you are not, you know, the lines are being blurred. Maybe you have an inordinate affection with someone in your office. The the, the application of the word there is to act on the word. And what is the action there? It is to leave that environment. Say, leave that environment flee the appearance of evil. In other words, don't stay there saying Kadaba, Shalime, Pantona, Pala, Shalaba. You will sing another song. (laughs) Tell somebody, don't hang around your temptation. You have a weakness for alcohol. Don't go with the boys to a get together and party. Don't go there, sit there and say, well, the blood of Jesus cleansed me from this alcohol. I, what I'm seeing is olive oil, not, not, not bottles of beer. No, 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 no. The application of the word there is not the spoken word. It's to leave that environment. Say, leave that environment. Do you understand? That's how it works. Yours is anger, and when you're angry, you just say stuff. The application of the word is sometimes leave that environment or shut your mouth. I remember that the geos sharing this story. You know, I think they had some altercation with mommy and he said, you know, he kept going and he just, even though he felt that it was a bit extreme, he just took a walk to calm himself down and came back two things. Speak the word, or what? Act on the word. Don't speak the word when you're supposed to act on the word. Amen. Don't speak in tongues when you're supposed to run. Tell somebody, don't speak in tongues. Don't quote scriptures when you're supposed to run. Hallelujah. So, the only valid response to Satan is the word, and we said that happens in two ways by speaking the word or by acting on the word. Now, the more you dwell on Satan's thoughts, his suggestions, and engage in discussions and having you know, um, rational analysis of what he's suggesting to you without resisting the more his ideas gain ground and become rooted in your mind. Now, the longer it stays in your mind, the harder it becomes for you to resist him. You have to act swiftly by the ministry of the word and in prayer to get the thoughts out of your mind. And when this goes unchecked, after a while, it becomes a stronghold. And when it becomes, no, no, it becomes what? Distraction, not a stronghold. It becomes a distraction. Say conversations. Unchecked. In your mind. Conversations. Unchecked. In your mind. Become what? Distraction. Say distractions. Distraction there means that at this point, you're not hearing what people are saying again. How many of you have been there before? you are consumed with the thoughts. That's what happens in Genesis 3, 6. The Bible says that the woman now did what? Saw. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, she, she took her eyes off God, of the word of God, and set it upon the object of our affection, of our lust. May God deliver you from distractions. I was counseling someone here. I don't know. I mean, I can say this because you don't know the person. And when I counsel people, I don't tell them to go and pray about the things that they are supposed to do. The person was in some ungodly relationships. I mean, very bizarre stories. So by the time I gave the word of God and we prayed, I'm like, okay, while we are here, take your phone. where people fail, because you live there, you praise, you cry, you've not dealt with the distraction. You live there, one phone call takes you back to the bondage. Do you understand what I'm saying? How many of you know what I'm saying? Stop acting like you've not been there. I'm a practical person. Okay, so how do we move on? I say, why we're here, you say, What's up? let's deal with the numbers block, block have you blocked, check again someone say distractions God is delivering somebody already now while I'm speaking let's make it practical if you are here and there are distractions in your life take your phone and pretend you are reading the bible Open vision. Begin to block those numbers now. You see, after you finish this sermon, put your hands together if you want to put your hands together. After you finish, I guarantee you, the fall of the air is waiting to steal this word. He will suggest to you, it's not that serious. <laughs> is he the first pastor? It's not that serious. While I was talking to the person and I said to them, are you, are you struggling with deleting the number? I said to them, if you go home and they say to you, there is a big anaconda snake under your bed. It's been there for years. We just found out today. Will you sleep there? Will you just say, well, since it's been there and it didn't do me wrong, one more night won't cause a harm. You will deal with it. So I said, deal with this distraction. Because one step from here can be destruction. Tell somebody, deal with distractions in your life. (laughs) I've seen too many a sincere believer mortgage their destiny because he didn't understand the dynamics of temptation. Are you being blessed? We're almost done. And because she was distracted, Genesis 3, 6, They ate the apple and it cost them their relationship with God. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the reason why we are here today. That action of Adam and Eve eh, has had an effect on you and I today, but Jesus, do you know the implication of the distraction in your life? In not just your life, but your generation to come. Think about it. One small distraction, one small seed, one small temptation, is beyond you. Is your generation the devil is after? Let me recount a few things. The Bible does not say to discuss with the devil; it says resist the devil. And how do we resist the devil? Resist him by the word. By, you know, finding applicable word, rhema words to speak back. Say speak back. It is written. It's not, oh God help me. What, what am I going to do? The devil is not emotional. He's a spiritual being. He only responds to the word of God. Speak the word or act the word. And sometimes acting the word would mean delete somebody. will would mean Resign from that place, mm. women cut off that relationship. People of God, I've seen people literally lose their life because of this. But God will help us in Jesus' name. Your thinking moments are not just some random and passive and purposeless moments. They are moments of deep spiritual engagement. People have to fail and lose first in their minds before they do so in reality. What do we do? I've shared some of them, but let me state number one. Matthew 26, 41, Jesus says, pray. Say, pray. Lest you enter into what temptation. Lest you fall for temptation. Why is prayer important? When we pray, we heighten our sensitivity. Say, we heighten our sensitivity. Prayer heightens your sensitivity. All of a sudden, that whole thing you think is just a joke, you suddenly realize by the Spirit, this is a battle and contention for your soul. This is not a joke. Prayer heightens your sensitivity. Number two, engage the word. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. You've got to have, I can't emphasize this, you know, um, over-emphasise this, that you, we must daily eat the word of God. Allow this word dwell in you. That is the word that will pop out when the situation comes that's the word that will come forward when it comes number three don't hang around your temptation tell somebody don't hang around your temptation like I said if your weakness is parties I've, I've, I've counseled a few people who they've worked with God you know everything's fine then they just attended some parties and they misbehaved. stop going to parties Say don't hang around your temptations. Tell somebody else, don't subscribe to your weaknesses. Mm, Yes. So, if you have a soft, you know that you cannot handle, ah, the opposite sex is a weak point to you. So, stop dropping people late at night. Amen. Stop going to visit them what? Alone. Hallelujah. I say Hallelujah. You may think I'm old school, but it's still keeping us. I've shared here that when I go for ministry, I don't put your hands together. I'm a young pastor, but I'm old school. There's no, you can't, there's no single girl who comes to my office for pers- personal counseling. What are we counseling that we, we can't do outside where everybody's in? Am I randy? Not necessarily, but you see, Let not your good what be evil spoken of. I don't want my own meat to make somebody else offend. I've said it here before. Ah, Pastor Nat is inside the hotel with a lady. Ah. Pastor (laughs) Nat. Even if it was revival for the nations we prayed for. When the sister comes out, they are thinking something else. So my meat has made someone what offend. That brother of, of weak conscience who really looks up to me as a man of God. May may get suggestions thrown to his heart. These people are fake. All of them are the same. Meanwhile, I didn't do anything. And guess what? You may not do anything the first, second, fourth, fifth time. The devil will allow you. But he will wait for your season. He will wait for a cycle. The day you least expect. Some of the people who who are falling were not necessarily wicked people. They were not bad people. They were people who didn't know how the dynamics of temptation works. The day they thought they would be strong was when they became weak. Let what? Each man. What's the scripture? Take heed. He that thinks that he stands, let him take heed. Lest he fall. Don't, who are you? You are just dust. We are dust. We are dust. Don't trust this flesh. No matter how anointed it is, it can change in a moment. Don't hang around your temptation. Say, don't don't hang around your temptation. (laughs) Don't subscribe to your weaknesses. Stop feeding your weaknesses. Resist the devil. Not discuss with the devil. Say, resist the devil. Not discuss with the devil. Let's bow our heads and pray. Thank God for his word. That's an instruction. For somebody here, that's freedom for you. That's light for you. Open your mouth and begin to thank God for his word. The Bible tells us the things to focus on. And I'll read that scripture. Philippians 4.8 eight. finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, these are the things to engage your thoughts with. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, these ones, think on them. Somebody say, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Do you know what I perceive now? This is the this is the time to take very bold steps. Very bold steps to take some decisions, clear cut decisions. Not rationalizing it is just saying by the spirit of God, this thing is off. By the spirit of God, this is over. By the spirit of God, this number is out. It can just be a friend who who gets you to gossip. Someone who just you know, feeds your weaknesses every time. God is saying it's time to shut that door. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the message. Click on the link in our bio to be a part of the amazing journey of what God is doing here. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Till next time. Bye.